Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Songs for this, but you know, God never fails. He delivers. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord wants to talk to us today about taking hold of the promises that he has for us. And you know, I sat down and I prepared the message. And the Lord took me in a different direction. You see, every time I come to church, and I don't know about you, for me, the message does not start at the preaching. For me, the message starts from the time of the prayers. What is God talking to me about? What is God saying to me? And then we go on to the worship and the praise. And I listen attentively to those words. And to me, those are the messages that God wants for us. So as I spent time and I prepared the message, God said, you are going to preach the songs. Amen. So the message is going to be from the songs. And most of them are the ones that we sang today. But God is wanting to speak to us through those songs. Because those are God's words to each and every one of us. But before we go into that, I just want to share some stuff with us that the Lord laid on my heart. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. The NLT puts it this way. It says, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen ascends to God for his glory. So that means that God has multiple promises for us in his word. From the beginning of the book of Genesis right to the last chapter of Revelations, there are promises concerning us and concerning every stage of our lives. Whatever situation that we face in life, there are God's promises that we can hold on to. And that's why the song says, He has promised that He will never fail us. We can hold Him at His word. That is the God that we serve. If I look at my life, there are times that I have made promises and I have not come through on those promises. Now, there might be situations beyond my control, but the fact is I have not come through on those promises. But God always comes through on his promises. He is never late. He's never early. He is always on time. And that is why he says to us in Isaiah 43.10, he says, but now this is what the Lord says. 
the one who created you, Jacob. You can put your name there because he is the one who has created you. He's the one who has formed you. He says, do not fear for I have what? I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. Another version says, I have called you by name. You are mine. So if we are God's, that means that he has a responsibility to keep us. He has a responsibility to protect us. He has a responsibility to provide for us. That is the God that we serve. And that's why he encouraged Joshua. He says, do not be afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid. And the same thing he said to Joshua He's saying to us today, there was a time I did a study on fear. Fear not. And if you go through it in the different versions, you can find a fear not or do not be afraid for every single day of the year. So that means that every single day you wake up, you can pick up a scripture that says fear not or do not be afraid. And that is God saying to us, do not be afraid. I've got your back. I'm in control. I don't sleep. I don't slumber. When you're fast asleep, when you're snoring, I am watching over you. I am ensuring that everything concerning you will come to pass. I am ensuring that, as I say, it would end in praise. It does not matter what it looks like now. It does not matter what the economy says. It does not matter what the exchange rate is. It does not matter what the electricity bill is, what the gas bill is, what the water bill is. God is saying, I own a cattle upon a thousand hills. The silver is mine, the gold also. He's the one that is telling us that I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Are you righteous? If you're righteous, then God has, he will never see you forsaken. I've never seen you, I will never see you beg for bread. Because I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Do you have a need? God will supply. That is the God that we serve. And those are his promises for us. He says, peace, I live with you. Be at peace. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. And yes, human nature, when we turn on the TV and we find that, hey, the interest rate has gone up. People are having to pay double for their mortgages. Of course, the first thing will catch you, oh, how am I going to get this money? But the one who formed you in your mother's womb, the one who knows your tomorrow, the one who knows your yesterday, the one who knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end says, I've got it all worked out. That is the God that we serve. Let us be encouraged. And I'm preaching to myself as well. Let us be encouraged. That is our God. It says, do not fear those that can kill the body and cannot kill the soul. That is our God. God is the one in charge. We're not. 
not the prime minister, not the finance minister. None of them are in charge because we are the children of the Most High God. So we need to say whatever comes our way, it is well. I will overcome. I would overcome that sickness. It is not unto death. Because the Bible says, I will live and not die to declare the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. That is God's promise concerning us. The one that will protect us from all evil. When the storms of life come. When the storms of life come. Because they would come. But how do we know? How do we have a testimony if there's no test? How do we know that our God is able if we do not face challenges? It is in the midst of those challenges that we can say we rise above this situation because we have a God who is more than able. That is our God. So I declare peace over every storm in the mighty name of Jesus. Your expectations will not be cut short. Whatever it is that you're asking God for, God will come true for you. He is never too late and is never too early. Be at peace. Father, we thank you. That Lord, your words today will not stand against us on the day of judgment. Let your words, O oh God, as we hear it this morning, let it bring expressions in our hearts. Let our eyes be open. Let our ears be open. Let our hearts be receptive to receive, Father, from you this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So we sang that song earlier on. You are the way maker. You are here. Moving what? In our midst. So already, God is in our midst. During the time of prayer, he says, where two or more are gathered, I am in your midst. So God has already told us that he is in our midst this morning. And because he's in our midst, he is also moving in our midst. The things that we have not spoken, the, heart, the, 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 the desires of our hearts that we have brought before him this morning, God is at work. He is already, as we were praising, as we were worshiping, God is sending angels to deal with those situations. And that's why the song says, he's a way maker. He makes a way. When you and I feel that there's no way out, when we think that we've got to the end of our rope, when the doctor says, I am sorry, and you know you hear that all the time, when the bank manager says, too bad, sorry, you can't even get a loan because you haven't got a good credit rating. And we face these challenges every single day. When you apply for a, a job and the, 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 you don't even get a report, you don't even get a response back. 
For God would always make a way. And that's why we call him the way maker. The way maker. When it comes to what we think it's the end, that is when God steps in. That was how he stepped in to get the Israelites through the Red Sea. Family, what Red Sea are you going through today? Be assured that as long as you have a rod in your hand, and it does not have to be a physical rod, give, something, give God something to work with. That rod could be your prayers. That rod could be your service. Give God something to work with. As long as you have something to give to God to work with, you would get through your Red Sea in the mighty name of Jesus. That is why we call him the Waymaker. Luke chapter 137. Luke 137. It says, For the word of God will never fail. And that's why we say, for nothing is impossible with God. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, some in the bank balance, some in the many houses, some in the businesses. But we would trust in the name of our God. Because the Bible says, all these things shall fade away. But his word will still remain the same. Hallelujah. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And that is why we call him the miracle worker. You see, a miracle is an extraordinary event that goes against nature and cannot be explained by science. And that's why we say it's a miracle. How a baby still gets formed in the womb through just the sperm and the egg is still a miracle. The miracle of God. There are certain things that God will not unveil to us. Because there's even enough miracles that we see on a daily, daily basis. Lazarus was dead for four days. The Bible said he stunk. But Jesus still brought him to life. The miracles of God. Are you expecting a miracle in your life today? God is still on the business. He's still at work. That is our God. It says he's a promise keeper. He does what he says he will do, when he says he will do it, how he says he will do it. That is God. He does not mince his words. Has he promised? The Bible says, he who has promised is faithful to accomplish. He's faithful to accomplish what concerns me today, what concerns you today. His promises are all over the scriptures. Every single chapter, every single book has promises of God. 
All we need to do is navigate. Search the scriptures. And that's why we're told, study to show yourself approved. Why are we studying? So that we can claim the promises of God and appropriate them over our lives. When we study and we know what the word of God says, when the doctor says one thing, we know what the word, that's fact, but it's not truth. Because we know that the word of God is the final authority. He's a promise keeper. I mean, that in itself is, is just is, is enough to live our lives. Because the Bible says, his words will not fall to the ground. They shall accomplish. I mean, this is our creator we're talking about. Has he spoken it? If he has spoken it, then yes. It would come to pass. Though it tarry, the Bible says, wait for it. And sometimes the reason why we think that the promises of God have not come is because we're expecting God to deliver a microwave service to us. Our God is not a microwave God. There are some things that if God gives to us when we want it, it would destroy us. The God that created us knows what we want what we need, and when we need it, and how we need it. And that's why we need to trust in him. The Bible says he gives us all things. All things that we need to navigate the planet of this, uh, the, the, the surface of this earth. Everything. We have been given everything that we need for a godly life. Hallelujah. The last bit of that says, he says he's the light in the darkness. And you know, when I read that, you know, the first thing that comes to you is you talk about a physical darkness. And that he sheds light on it. He's a lamp onto my feet and a light onto my path. But you know what? Even when the sun is 40 degrees up there, there could be darkness. Because no matter how bright it is out there, there are a lot of people in spiritual darkness. So we have a God that whatever that situation is, whatever that circumstance is, whatever that challenge is, God in his infinite mercy, when we call upon him, will shed light upon it and will bring resolution for us in the mighty name of Jesus. He says, my God, my creator, the one who is responsible for creation, who is he to you? A father, a friend? Your healer, your protector, your provider, your advocate. Says this is who you are. So at every standpoint in our lives, God is something to us. At a point, he's my father. 
He's always my father anyway. At a point, he's, a, he's our creator. But he's also our father. He's our provider. He's our protector. When we're faced with a court situation, he's our advocate. Even when the enemy comes, uh, he comes in against us. So who is he to you? God is telling us this morning, be at peace. Be at peace. Over the past few weeks, the Lord has spoken to us. He's asked us that question. Where are you? The same question he asked Adam. Where are you? And we're not talking about a physical location here. Where are you with your walk with God? Do you connect with God only when you need him for something? Or do you recognize that the next breath that you take, it's only by the grace and the mercy of God? Because if we recognize that we cannot take any step without God, then we will be closer to God. The song says, he is the pillar that holds my life. So that means that if, 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 if a physical building cannot stand without a pillar, how much more? Our, us, there's no way we can stand without the pillar of God. And he is that pillar. The song says he's touching every heart. Healing every heart. He's turning lives around. Is your heart broken this morning? God is mending it. It says he's wiping away all tears. Psalm 30 verse 5. It says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy, the joy of God comes in the morning. There would always be a morning. I'm not talking about 8 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the morning. The morning can even be in the midnight, physically speaking. But it's that point in time when God comes through for you. There are times when at 2 a.m., at 3 a.m., at 4 a.m., God has woken me up and said, this is the answer, my daughter. This is the solution. So that could be any time. And I pray for each and every one of us this morning that there will be a morning that will come very soon in the name of Jesus. That the Lord God Almighty, who is walking behind the scenes concerning your situation, will bring the dawn forth in the name of Jesus. Psalm 56 verse 8 says, you keep track of all my sorrows. Even my parents couldn't keep track of my sorrows. Because they don't know all my sorrows. They don't know all my hurts. But God is the one that collects all my tears in a bottle. You know, the first time I read that, I actually I wept in joy. Because that means that every time we're saddened, 
it touches God. Because he, would, he does not want us to live a sorrowful life. It says you have recorded each tear in your book. A book of remembrance. He's turned my sadness into joy. So the words, the sum total of what, of all this. You are the answer. You are the answer to every situation. You are the answer to it all. Whatever it is, God is the answer. Because you hold my every moment. You calm my rages. You walk with me through fire. And heal all my disease. I trust in you. I trust in you. I believe you're my healer. I believe you are all I need. I believe you're my portion. I believe you're more than enough for me. That's it. Jesus, you're all I need. Jesus is all that we need. The Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? Nothing. Nothing. It does not profit us anything. Hallelujah. So what's a promise? What is a promise? It says it's a declaration or an assurance that someone will do something or that a particular thing will happen. It's an assurance and it's a declaration. An assurance. It's a pledge. It's a vow. It's a bond. And it's a guarantee that somebody would do something. And the only person that would never fail us is our almighty God. He's the one that will always come true on his words. Our father in heaven. Our father in heaven. Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. I'm going to read from verse 1 to, to 8. <laughs> it says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. It says, to those who through the righteousness, 
of our God and Savior Jesus Christ has have received a faith as precious as ours. You know, I just so much like those greetings. And, you know, through those um, books written towards the end, you know, the, the, the Pauline books, you find there's a lot of greetings like that, you know, grace and peace, grace and peace unto you. And it's something that we'll study at some point by God's grace. But he says in verse 2, he says, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Christ, of Jesus our Lord. It says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him. It's important that we don't lose sight of that. He has given us everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him. That means that if we have no knowledge of him, then we cannot appropriate the promises. He says, who has called us by his own glory and gladness. And this is where I'm going. He says, through these, through the knowledge, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them we, you may participate in the divine nature. So that means that we, God wants us to partake in his divine nature through the promises that he has given. But how do we take hold of those promises? We can only take hold of the things that we know. It's the same as if we've been left an inheritance and there's no will and we don't know about it. We can't claim it. It says, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Verse 5 says, it says, for this very reason. For what reason? For the reason that we've just read in verse 4. It says, make every effort. To add to your faith, goodness. And to goodness, add knowledge. And to knowledge, add self-control. And to self-control, add perseverance. And to perseverance, add godliness. And to godliness, add mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. Amen. It says, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measures. So that means that God is expecting us to grow in all these measures, in all these qualities. He wants our faith to grow. He wants our goodness to grow. He wants our knowledge, our self-control, our perseverance, our godliness, our mutual love, and our Love, he wants it to grow. And as we grow in all these, it says they will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, there's a mouthful that I've read here. Now, God is speaking through us through the mouth of apostle Peter here and he's giving us 
um, I'm, I, I don't know if I want to put them, say their tips. But he's telling us what, how we can take hold and appropriate his promises over our lives. And you know, there is, God will not ask us to do something that he knows we cannot do. And God would never ask us to do anything without giving us the support to do it. And because we have the Holy Spirit, we know that we are more than able to be able to do the things that he has called us to do. So he wants us to increase in our faith. Faith grows. Goodness grows. Perseverance grows. Grace grows. Self-control grows. All these qualities grow. And God is wanting us to, to develop. And that's why we have the scripture that we, we should no longer be drinking milk. We should no longer be like children, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. God is wanting us to grow. Last week or the week before, I was saying that, you know, if, if, if all of a sudden I, I, oh, someone walked in and gave me a, a feeding bottle with milk in it, you, you start praying for me because that means there's something absolutely wrong. And the same way that we grow physically, God is wanting us to grow spiritually as well. And as we grow spiritually, we're able to take hold of his promises. And not only take hold, we're able to appropriate them into our lives. And we're able to encourage others. And that's why we sang that song, The More I Seek You. Are we seeking God? How are we seeking God? Do we only seek God when we come to church on Sunday? Or do we have our quiet time? Do we seek God in the darkness of the night? Do we seek God when we're sitting at our desk working? Or are we only seeking God when we're persuaded or when something is going wrong? The beauty of God is that we can worship anytime, anywhere. It says, I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand. But listen to this. It says, I want to lay back against you and hear your Heart beat. Do you know what it means to hear someone's heart beat? What does that mean? And it also means you are very close to that person. You're a medical person. The only way you can hear someone's heart beat is when you're close to them. So God is saying to us, if we're saying, I want to lay back and hear your heart beat, that means I want to be so close to you, God, that nothing is in between us. It takes a special kind of relationship for you to be that close to somebody. So when you're that close to someone, that means that there is a special bond. 
Once have you spoken, twice have I heard. That means that when God speaks at that point, at that particular time, you can hear him well. And when we hear God for ourselves, nothing can derail us. Paul thought he had arrived, or Saul thought he had arrived until he met God on the way to Damascus. But from that point onwards, his life never remained the same. Because he knew that he knew that he knew. It wasn't one prophet, oh. It was God. And when we meet with God, in truth, our lives will never remain the same. Because our instructions will be from God. And there's no ambiguity when it comes to God. And that was why when you read the account of Apostle Paul, he said, ah, what? Don't tell me not to go where. If I die, I die. Because he knows that it was God that was sending him. Shipwreck, so what? Beating, so He was persuaded, convinced beyond reasonable doubt, or even unreasonable doubt, because with God, there is no doubt at all. So when God speaks, there's no doubt. The promises of God are precious, and they are great. The song says, Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamond. And nothing I desire. Compares to you. Nothing. So what is it we're chasing? Nothing compares to God. Nothing compares to God. Nothing compares to God's promises for our lives. See, God desires that each one of us having received his salvation, would now begin to enjoy the benefits that the, that the promises give us. The provision, the protection, the favor, the grace, the mercy of God, the divine health. And I've not said healing because God does not even want us to be sick. But paraventure we become sick. We've got healing available for us. Our inheritance as children of the Most High God is that we are beneficiaries of every single promise and blessings that are written in the Bible. You see, a few months ago, my mom went home to be with the Lord, right? And we could not read her will until, she, until I received a death certificate. 
But you know, our God is not like that. Our God has an open and living will. And what does that mean? That means that our God is alive, but his will is open for us to receive the benefits. The inheritances are there. And that's why it's called an open and living will. Because to everybody else, for you to receive the inheritance, the person would have passed on. But our God is still alive. And the will is still alive. And available to each and every one of us. The access is now. His promises reveal his will for our lives. And that's why we're to take hold and appropriate them in our lives. But you cannot take hold of what you're not aware of. You need to search the scripture. That's what the Berean Christians did. They chewed on the word of God like a cattle would chew on grass. And I remember some years ago that we had a session here. And I had a picture of a cattle and the different segments of the tummy. We're to, we, we, when, when we read the word of God, we're to not just read it as, oh, you know what, just skimming over. Let's meditate on it day and night. Last week I said, when I read scriptures, I ask myself, who is speaking? To whom? And on what occasion? There are things in the scripture that does not apply to us now because we're living under a different dispensation. We need to take hold of the word of God. Only then can we get it into our spirits. Don't let's look at the scripture like someone that looks in this, uh, themselves in the mirror and just turns away and you forget what you look like. Let it become part and parcel of us. You know, being a believer is not about how many scriptures you know. It's about how many scriptures you know and you appropriate into your lives. And that's why I said over the past few, we're not competing with anyone. The Bible says faith comes by what? By hearing, by hearing, by hearing. Romans 10 to 17. We need to hear and hear and hear again. If you're like me, I like to see it. There are places in my, in, my, in my house where there are scriptures. When I go into the bathroom, I can look at it and I can recite it and remind myself, remind myself, remind myself of the promises of God. We need to know the word of God so that we're not told, we're not sold a lie. The Bible says, he who, knows, who he, he who knows the God they serve, they'll be strong and they'll do exploits. Let us know our God. 
You see, in life, we go through so many challenges. So many challenges. Life will throw all sorts at us. But we have a confidence in an unfailing God. You see, life and its business, not business, its business, the business of life, takes so much out of our time and effort, so much that we have to fight for time to spend with God. But we need to fight because it is our life. We need to fight. We need to take, take hold. We need to be intentional. Otherwise, the days will go by, the weeks will go by, the months will go by. And before you know it, you walk. Four years, five years, what have I achieved? Every single year, every single month, every single year, we must increase. We must increase. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a song that I wrote here. My message is full of songs today. It says, time is filled with swift transitions. Swift transitions. Here today, gone tomorrow. Nothing on earth unmoved can stand. It says, build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. It says, trust in him. Who will not leave you? Whatsoever years may bring. If by earthly friends forsake, still more closely to him cling. Covet not this world's vain riches that so rapidly decay. Seek to gain heavenly treasures. They will never pass away. Hallelujah. So rounding up on that, it says God's promises are for us to search and to appropriate upon our lives. Let us bow our heads. Our Father and our God, the ruler and the maker of heaven and earth, the one who created us, the I am that I am, the glory and the lifter up of our heads. Father, we thank you this morning. You have spoken and twice have we heard. Our Lord and our God, we pray this morning that as we've heard your words, Lord, we would help, you would help us to appropriate them. Your book, the book of life, is full of promises. And the Bible says that your promises are yea and amen. Father, we thank you for your promise never to leave us nor forsake us. Your promise never to leave us comfortless. We thank you, Father, for the promise of the Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of us. We thank you, Father, because you are working behind the scenes to perfect everything that concerns us. We thank you, Father, for all the promises, Father, for us are for us to appropriate. Help us, O oh God, that we do not lose sight 
of what you have readily given unto us. These, O oh God, are our inheritance, O oh God. Father, sometimes our work, our businesses, still the time. We ask this morning that, Lord, you help us to make time for you. Your word says we should increase in the qualities that you have given unto us. Help us, Father, to increase in you. May you increase and we decrease, O oh God. May Christ, O oh God, be exalted in each and every one of us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we refuse to be stand, to, to stand where, we, to be where we are, Father God. We want to increase, O oh God. And Lord, we're asking this morning to help us to increase. Increase in the things of God. Increase in the knowledge of God. Increase in the wisdom of God. Each and every day, O oh God. Thank you, Father, that you have spoken to us this morning. And much more than I have spoken, O oh God, that, Lord, Father, you break it down to our understanding. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.